Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish Podcast, single-use bioreactors for microbial fermentation. Implementation is easier than you think. I'm Brandi Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Ken Clapp. Mr. Clapp is a senior member of the Global Upstream Product Management Team covering single-use stirred tank bioreactors and fermenters at GE Healthcare Life Sciences. Ken holds a bachelor's degree in biology with a specialization in subcellular biology. He received a master's degree in biological engineering, focused on biological control systems, mathematical modeling, and instrumentation. Early in his career, he worked as a media chemist, produced antigens and antibodies in large scale, and developed hollow fiber-based bioreactors. Over the past 25 plus years, Ken has worked in a variety of roles with bioprocess equipment manufacturers, including field service, sales and marketing, applied research and development, quality assurance, automation, manufacturing, and operations management. He has been involved with and responsible for bioprocess equipment capital projects, spanning multi-vessel benchtop systems through large-scale, multiple-train production facilities. I wanted to start the interview by asking you, how do you decide if single-use is right for your fermentation process? Let me preface this answer that uh, it is based on the fermentation process being used for manufacture of a product. Because of that, the answer includes some questions for the drug maker. So it's a little bit of an answer, a little bit of a question. It really should provoke some thought with the um, with the person you know, taking this information in. First, how big is the fermentation products market and um, how much production capacity is needed to meet the market demand? Single-use fermenters can be used in both a scale-up or scale-up by manufacturing process, meaning they can be used with uh, or in conjunction with uh, conventional stainless steel bioreactors, or they can be used alone if the uh, format and the savings for a dedicated single-use manufacturing facility makes sense. But it really should be based on how the technology fits that manufacturing concept. Next is the drug maker's interests. Are, you know, are they interested in capital efficiency? Uh, reduced risk for contamination, better equipment utilization, and better facility throughput. I think if any of the uh, if the answer to any of those, uh, one or more of those, is yes, then single-use fermentation would again seem to fit. And lastly, I think is the technical component matching the process equipment or the process requirements to the equipment capabilities. And you know this can initially be a paper exercise using available information like the organism, process duration, uh, the, the, the pertinent operating parameters like RPM, uh, optical density targets, gas flow rates, if there are any induction steps, uh, what kind of substrate feeds are involved, um, if there are foaming concerns, and you know, what the product, uh, the fermentation product concentrations are, are or should be, things like that. If the screening process gives a positive indication that single-use fermentation is a good fit, then um, the next step would be to perform one or more demonstration runs, uh, more or less proof-of-concept runs. Uh, again, I think it's, it's a new enough technology where this is a good step to assure everyone that the, the original assessments, including the technical assessment, is actually borne out and, and holds true. And then a review of that performance data from these runs, I think particularly with respect to product concentration and quality should be performed. At the end of the day, that's really what you're after. 
you certainly want to get the, the right concentration or enough concentration to make it economically viable. And the quality of, of the product itself should be maintained. That shouldn't be any difference between, there shouldn't be any difference between a single-use fermenter and a stainless steel fermenter. And if this analysis shows acceptable results, then I think it's uh, it's time to look at establishing a timeline for actually doing the implementation and getting this uh, technology applied and and um, installed in a, in a production environment. Could you describe the fermentation processes that make the best fit when considering single use and what kind of scale is appropriate? Fermentation processes with the bow with the best fit are those that involve the production of high value biologically relevant therapeutics. Now, for example, domain antibodies, antibody fragments, recombinant proteins, things like that. And single use fermenters are not indicated for industrial type products like organic acid production or ethanol production, that's just not a good fit. So I think when, especially now that you're looking at at the success of single use equipment, single use bioreactors in particular in cell culture, it's certainly relevant to focus a discussion around these biologically relevant therapeutics. I mean, you know, you're generally not making industrial scale products with cell culture. So making the comparisons, I think, is easier that way. And the, the existing body of knowledge from cell culture, I think, will help make the, help companies uh, choose single-use fermentation, or at least decide that it's viable. And with respect to the kind of scale that's appropriate, uh, I guess that's that starts with availability of, of single-use fermenters on the market. Since the largest single-use fermenter is 500 liters in size, the scale will really depend on the capacity needs of the fermentation product. So consider a 5,000-liter terminal manufacturing volume. That's probably a good scale from that perspective. And the single-use 500-liter system could be used to seed that 5,000-liter conventional stainless steel fermenter. Or alternatively, in the scale-out approach, 10 500-liter single-use systems could be used to meet the same capacity. So I think that's you know, that's probably a good range. And part of that, too, is going to depend on how the, the actual process or the manufacturing is going to take place. You know, is it one suite? Is it multiple suites? You know, multiple trains? You know, and those things, I think, will have to be factored into, into some of those decisions. I think that most people recognize the value of single-use technologies, but I'm also sure that many listeners are thinking, this sounds good, but how could a plastic bag be strong enough to withstand the stress of fermentation? It's one thing for cell culture, but fermentation is entirely different. How do you ensure the robustness of your system? Yeah, I get a, little, a chuckle with that question a little bit, because th- this question comes up often. Um, with people that we talk to, and it's probably it's probably the conversation starter we get the most. Uh, to answer this, I think we have to start with understanding of the process environment. You know, understanding what may contribute to the stress on the bag, you know, things like the high RPM rate, uh, the high gas flow rates, any back pressure, excessive metabolic heat generation. You know, those are the types of things that either alone or in combination really do put stress on this type of technology. These represent the engineering problems associated with designing a bag that's robust enough for fermentation-based manufacturing. And although it may seem 
like a maybe a cliche answer or or maybe a just a, a brief response to it, I think, but really applying good engineering practices to the material selection, the bag fabrication design, and uh, putting in place an effective bag manufacturing process helps solve these problems. And this approach, at least I've seen it, ensure a robust, dependable fermentation bag product. And again, there's, there's this other aspect that has come up uh, routinely or always comes up is that about training. Um, training people on the proper handling of the bags goes a long way to protect the integrity of the bag. And this holds true for cell culture. I think anyone who's looking at single-use fermentation is, is drawing on the knowledge and experience from single-use will see that as a consistent theme, right? Because it is a different way of working. And now, essentially, your fermenter is a plastic bag that you put inside a, a container, a stainless steel holder. And there's a lot, there has to be a lot of respect and appreciation for what that bag is and what that bag isn't. Right. And I, I think that my next question, you've touched a little bit on um, in terms of talking about the training and the recognition, as you just mentioned, that, you know, a pl- what a plastic bag is and isn't. But how do you recommend to your customers transitioning from stainless to single use? And then what does that look like from process development through scale up? Um, we've already spoken about business models and business needs a little bit. We've talked about process screening and technology transfer to some extent. So I think this, the answer to this question really revolves around operations. And there are some key steps along the way to make sure that the operations process of the operation environment operating with a single-use fermenter is done appropriately. So one of the first things is determining the experience level of the organization and what that level is, uh, what what the organization has as far as exposure to single-use assemblies and systems. Um, As I said before, single-use fermentation does represent a different way of uh, operating a fermenter or or running a fermentation process. And this covers really all the aspects, uh, sourcing, quality, personnel, all that kind of stuff. So in in process development, process development can really serve as a training ground, I think, helping to expose and align the organization to the use of this highly functional single-use assembly and the equipment that goes with it, like a fermenter bag and a single-use fermenter uh, hardware element, the, the equipment itself. This is the place to begin working out how to prepare and stage for a fermentation run. And this can really be done at, at 50 liter scale. That's about the size of the, the introductory single use fermenters that are out there. And this, this environment also offers the opportunity to see how supporting elements like those tubing sets and uh, peristaltic pumps for moving and managing fluid, um, mixers for media production or, or, or uh, preparation should be handled. And I think taking the steps and using process development uh, pays dividends in the scale-up process. You know, the effort that's expended here for this type of work can be transferred to the larger scale um, in the manufacturing environment. Great. And what are some of the considerations that customers must keep in mind when they're transitioning to single use? I think it's, again, it's very similar to the, the, the process that, people and companies went through for cell culture. I think being open to change 
the benefits of single use offer the ability to implement different ways of working with the bioprocess. You know, this is this is really an ability to rethink their operation and rethink parts of their business. And I, and I think, you know, that being open to that change is really important there. You know, the, the thing we see often, and certainly it's true in cell culture, I think that's really what's established the foundation is that single-use technology has really created the ability for companies to, to abandon, you know, legacy approaches to things and adopt things that are much more flexible and much more operationally effective for them. I mean, I'll give you an example. I mean, since, since media cannot be sterilized in the bag, one of the things, one of the core things that needs to be looked at or considered is the method for preparing and adding sterile bulk media to a single-use fermenter. Also, especially related to a manufacturing environment, um, the material and waste flows into and out of the use environment are important considerations. Um, staging single-use assemblies, including the fermenter bag prior to use and their disposal after use are part of this. And I think that you know, it's more of a comprehensive overview, and it's not just about adopting the technology. It's adopting the, or let's say it's, it's putting together an overall process that leverages the advantage of the technology. That's great. And also, you know, I'm thinking about, you've mentioned a lot of benefits, and we've talked about kind of a mindset that a company, uh, it's beneficial for for a company to have in order to think about implementing this new technology. Um, but I'm curious, what are the biggest reasons, motivators that make a company decide to make the switch to single use? Are there some things that really stand out that, that are kind of key drivers uh, to, to encourage a company to go ahead and make the switch? Yeah, I mean, as far as yeah, as far as motivation, I mean, there there are any number of motivations companies may find, but I think that there are some commonalities that we've seen. The switch isn't or shouldn't be about adopting a new technology. It's not about conquering the challenges associated with that technology or with the technology that you're trying to adopt. Although there'll certainly be some challenges that need to be conquered along the way, uh, applying single use. Uh, technology to fermentation. But making the switch is really about implementing uh, a technology and single-use technology to derive value from it, to derive business value. The switch really should be for business reasons, and we mentioned those uh, before, and really flexibility and more product per given time, less operational complexity, all those things, uh, greater facility throughput, faster batch cycling. You can even get into reduced water consumption for things like CIP cycles. Contamination risk reduction, I think, is a big one, and that, that's a big one that, that people realize in cell culture as well. And, and capital efficiency. Capital efficiency also is recognized in single-use uh, cell culture operations as well. So these, these are the things I think that are, that are common, and these are things that commonly motivate companies to do it. It's, it's really not about the technology itself. Thank you. And I think the the thing I'd like to end with is just to ask you if there's anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners that we haven't already covered. Sure, sure. Glad to offer some closing remarks here. I think it may be obvious, but single-use technology beyond just the components that some people may recognize is here to stay. Assemblies and systems continue to infiltrate cell culture based biomanufacturing because biomanufacturers 
have benefited from using the technology. I think it's plain and simple. Uh, and this continues to be true even as cell culture processes have gotten progressively more demanding um, with very high cell densities that we're seeing today and, and the extended process durations. I think the time has come for fermentation and there's no reason to believe that the same or similar business benefits will not be achieved by applying single-use fermentation technology to fermentation operations. Um, cell culture operations forge the way for fermentation. I think the hurdle has been lowered. And if, if the recognition that there's some value there is realized, then you know, proceed wholeheartedly with the adoption of technology. And, and perhaps fermentation operations can return that favor by proving that simultaneous multi-product biomanufacturing is practical with single-use technology. You know, that concept has been discussed, I mean, for as long as I've been involved in single-use, and there are very few good examples of that, but I think fermentation with the, the fast cycling times and the types of products that can be made in a fermenter um, would be a good uh, choice for that. Great. Thank you so much. This has been really interesting, and we really appreciate your time today. No, thank you. I, I do appreciate the opportunity. I think this is exciting technology for the industry. I think it's important. And, you know, looking at how, how uh, technologies and, and changes get implemented in the industry, I think that um, it's important to recognize how much and how fast has been progressed with single-use technology and cell culture and, and really applying in fermentation should be beneficial to everyone. Yes, I agree. And, and it's very nice that there is a model to follow with cell culture uh, and the benefits have been so clearly demonstrated over a, a decade, really. And um, it's great that now this is available to fermentation as well. No, I agree. That's absolutely right. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thanks again. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other biomanufacturing and stem cell related topics, please visit us at cellculturedish.com or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, downstreamcolumn.com. If you like this podcast, please consider leaving a review and visit our other podcasts at Cell Culture Dish Podcast on iTunes and Google Play.